Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns. I'm delighted, delighted to be here to talk to you tonight about mindfulness practices and the wonderful, wonderful benefits that these practices can bring us. I know I say this every single day, uh, but it's true. You know, uh, I not and not only is it true that I'm delighted to be sharing this with you, but it's also true that that the mindfulness practices will deliver to you enormous and wonderful, wonderful benefits. Um, you know, these benefits can be as simple as and, and very vital, but simple as uh, stress reduction, right? Uh, emotional intelligence, which is a little less simple, but also very, very vital. Um, but it can also just mean, you know, the ability to focus our mind, the ability to uh, to, to gain awareness of what's going on within our, our bodies and, and around us as we're, you know, as we're, we're working through our lives, you know, the self-awareness, which leads to self-regulation, which leads to, uh, which leads to self-assessment and can also include um, self-confidence at that point. So, so the, you know, I, I, literally, I could be sitting here for hours and hours and hours just naming a list of benefits that you can derive from simply paying attention on purpose in the present moment without judgment to your unfolding experiences on a moment-to-moment basis. That That is literally, I mean, it could, it could go on forever, in fact, <laughs> um, to, to list all the benefits that can come from this. And so uh, last night I talked about um, about happiness, right? And, and I talked about how the, you know, sort of baseline of happiness can be raised through this process of simply, you know, paying attention to what's happening as it's happening and not judging, right? Like, and that's the key, right? The, the key of this is, is two things. The key is intentional, uh, intentionality with this and also the non-judging part, right? Like, like there are times where all of us, everybody in the world at times will stumble into moments of mindfulness, right? And moments in which you are present and you're, you know, really paying attention to what's happening as it's happening, right? That's not the magic part. The magic is when it becomes intentional and it becomes non-judging, right? Those are the two keys here. Um, because as we do this with intention, right, it means that we're going to apply it, you know, across the board. It's not just when it happens to, you know, fall into place for us. It happens on purpose. It happens, you know, intentionally all the time, right? That, that's how it becomes all the time, I should say, right? And the other, you know, and, and the non-judging aspect is really the key here, especially when, when you know, like I talked about last night about the, the, uh, the essence of your happiness, right? Like, like when you feel, you know, just meh, right? Like you just, you know, you just feel like normal. You don't feel happy and you don't feel unhappy, right? Well, that really is your baseline of happiness, right? And and it's when you're judging the experiences that you have as either good experiences or bad experiences that drive your happiness either up or down, right? And, and that's what I talked about last night. I don't want to get too much back into that because you can listen to it from last night and we don't need to uh, repeat it, okay? But but the key to this, right, as I was saying, is that it is that absence of judgment that allows us to, to sort of dwell in the sort of mundane and the and the um, the unexciting parts of our lives, right? Which which we realize as we're paying attention to it, we realize that that is the bulk, that is the the overwhelming majority of your experiences, right? Are neither happy nor sad, good nor bad, you know, painful nor pleasurable. The vast majority of your experiences are very mundane, very sort of you know neutral. 
right? And and this can even be like when we're, you know, I, I try to tell people all the time, like, you know, like even the greatest amounts of pain, right? And I happen to be someone who has dealt with great pain in my life, you know, physical pain. I, I was once the, the victim of a, of a violent crime. And so I, I, I you know, uh, sustained quite a, a couple of injuries, you know, and I was in intensive care for a week, right? Where So, so I know from pain, right? And I'm telling you that, that even the most severe pain that we can feel is not just one steady, you know, unending thing, right? It, it has an ebb and a flow to it. It has a motion to it, right? And that is true with your, your, your thoughts, your emotions, your sensations of your body, and every experience that you have. And that's the thing that we realize when we on purpose, pay attention without judgment to, to our experiences as they're unfolding on a moment-to-moment basis, right? And, and we realize that things are constantly in flux, right? That there is no static. And, and that, that speaks to, to the way the universe works, right? There's no one fixed point of the universe, right? The whole thing is constantly expanding, you know? I don't want to get too much into that, <laughs> that topic, obviously. It's, it's a little off, uh, off topic for, for what we're talking about here. But, but anyway... Not only will this this ability to kind of you know dwell in the in the the absolute neutral parts of our lives, right? Because when we pay attention to those neutral parts, and this is where that the reference to pain comes in, right? Like like when you train yourself to pay attention to the neutral aspects of your life without judging them as boring, right? Without judging them as um, you know as anything less than the the positive experience and anything more than the negative experiences, right? What happens is you sort of even things out. That doesn't mean that you don't enjoy things, right? In fact, it means that you enhance your enjoyment of things. But getting back to that that concept of pain, right? When you train yourself, and this is what it is, there are mindfulness practices, as I talk about, right, all the time. When you practice this over and over and over, like paying attention on purpose in the present moment without judgment, you practice that over and over and over again you get to the point where you're skilled and in a habit of paying attention to those, you know, kind of neutral times. And that's when, when you're in a a position of pain, you can see those brief periods in between the surges of pain, right? And that can be a physical pain. It could be an emotional pain. And it can also be a a weariness of thought, you know, that, that is like a thought pain, right? And, and, as you are able to dwell in those sort of neutral times and, and really see those neutral times, expand those neutral times as you're looking at them, right? That's when you now have control over things, right? You are no longer at the whim of the pleasure and of the pain, right? You're not at the whim of the of that which you judge as positive and that which you judge as negative, right? You are now in control. You can tell the, you know, you can kind of tell yourself and tell the rest of the world that, that no, no, I am not going to be, you know, sort of flung around like this. I am not going to ride this emotional roller coaster, right? I have the, the ability to, to simply come back into my body and, and, and just feel that neutrality and feel that, um, that, that sort of, you know, absence of judgment, right? And so, so, you know, as I said last night, this becomes the key to, to elevating that that sort of, you know, normal feeling of yourself, right? Like, like when you can really, you know, when you really practice this and you can really kind of grasp this and, and dwell in this place, right? You, you, you find, you, you gain the ability to find pleasure 
in every single situation, right? Even the things that most people would label as quote unquote boring, right? There's no such thing as boring anymore, right? When you, when you can really dwell in this, this, you know, this, this non-judging awareness of, of your experiences, right? There is no boring anymore. But more importantly than all of that, right? What happens is when we, when we release ourselves from this judgment and we release ourselves from the, um, you know, from, from the, the kind of, um, you know, not only the judgment of, of everything around us, but also the judgment of ourselves, right? And the judgment of our actual experiences, right? When we can do that, what we do is we strip away any reason that we would have for kind of being anything for anybody else's sake, okay? Many of us, most people, in fact, in the world, that we spend our lives, you know, kind of pretending to be something that we think we're supposed to be, okay? Now, now listen, this is obviously, this is very, very much, um, you know, pushed on us by societal, uh, you know, pressures and, and norms and advertising and, and popular, you know, media and, and, you know, peer pressure and all the, all the like, right? You know, but, but essentially this becomes our habit. This becomes our, our way of living, right? Where we, we kind of, you know, we, 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 Again, it becomes a life lived in pretension, you know, to be who we think we're supposed to be, right? And, and instead of, of just dwelling in who we actually are. And so what I'm saying here is as we can strip away this, this sense of judgment, right, which is the natural inclination of our mind as, as it's been trained into us for, for generations, right, many, many generations. But when we can strip that away and we can learn to live in freedom from this judgment, what we can do now is we can become aligned with our inner nature, Okay, and when we can become aligned with our inner nature, that is when, my friends, that is the point that we can accomplish anything. Okay, because no longer are we self-occupied, no longer are we wasting our time, our energy, and our mental capacity to being this thing that we think we're supposed to be. Whether it's something, you know, our parents taught us we're supposed to be, whether it's something we, we see on TV that we think we're supposed to be, like the quote-unquote cool stuff, you know, like the, the, the cool things that cool people do, you know, that kind of stuff, right? It, it's, it's all a facade. It's all a construct. And, and when we can, you know, get out of the sense of judgment, we get out of, of the, the engagement in that construct. And then we are free to be who we want to be, right? And I can tell you this from personal experience, right? And a personal experience that is very, very uh, pertinent to, to what, you know, I'm doing right here talking to you on this podcast, right? Um, you know, as I've told you here in my story, right, I, I at one point was an advertising executive. I was, you know, I lived in a life that was just, it, it just was horrible for me. I just, I hated it. You know, I hated everything about my life. I hated, you know, at one point I was, um, I was making, I was earning my living by producing materials that were advertising cigarettes to people, right? Knowing full well that the cigarettes were killing these people, right? Now at the time, I mean, I was trying to kill myself with cigarettes too. So, so there was a whole, you know, whole, you know, vast confusion that I was living in, right? But, but in the essence, like I was never, ever happy about it, you know? But I thought that that's what I was supposed to be, right? I thought that I was supposed to make a, a lot of money so that I could buy a lot of stuff and I could, you know, go on a lot of vacations and I could live in a nice place and I could drive a nice car and all that kind of stuff. And, and I thought, 
thought that that's what was really important to me. Now, I'm not telling you that that shouldn't be important to you. If that is what kind of moves you, then that's fine, as long as that is part of your inner nature. But what I realized later was that that was never part of my inner nature, right? And I, I, I realized it by way of a, of, a, of a fiery baptism, right? Because I nearly killed myself with this, right? I was, at one point, I was a hundred some odd pounds overweight, right? I was an alcoholic, a high-functioning alcoholic, but an alcoholic nonetheless. I had horrible relationships. I had a horrible sense of health. I had a horrible sense of mental health, physical health, and, and emotional health. I was a mess, okay? And if I had not learned how to deal with all this and how to get back to, to my you know, core health you know, of, of mental health, emotional health, and physical health, you know, I am sure that by now I would have had a heart attack, and most likely it would would have been that that widow maker you know I would have I'd be dead right now at 51 years old I can tell you that I did not expect to necessarily live to this point okay and so um and so so that's not even the epiphany that I'm talking about right that was that was the sort of necessary you know I needed to figure out how to fix myself right and it was when I realized that mindfulness was the key to fixing this right that's when a friend of mine a very dear friend who was also a uh, kind of spiritual uh, healer for me who I had seen. I was introduced to her by my wife as, and I went mostly on a lark. I was almost like, you know, it, it was like, okay, I'll go just to kind of make my, my wife feel better. But I was like rolling my eyes like, okay, whatever. This woman blew my mind. Okay. And she made me realize that, that there was a lot going on within me. And she was the one that kind of started the process of getting me out of this person who I thought I needed to be. Right. And, and eventually she's the one who said, Hey, you should read a book by John Kabat-Zinn. And she said, it doesn't matter what book it is. Just read something by him and follow that path. And that's exactly what I did, right? In fact, I looked for a book by John Kabat-Zinn. I couldn't find one that first day. And instead, I picked up a book by Thich Nhat Hanh, who I'd never heard of before. And that started my journey. It changed my life, okay? And, and, and John Kabat-Zinn was not far behind him. I, I ordered a book on Amazon because I couldn't find it at the used bookstore. Um, and, and, I, and I read this and I understood how mindfulness could could heal me how it, how he healed thousands of people before me, uh, John Kabat-Zinn did, and how these concepts of, of non-judging awareness and, and how, you know, treating life as a precious thing that it is that I learned from Thich Nhat Hanh and John Kabat-Zinn, you know, these were the things that made me understand that, that this, this was the key to, to my salvation. This was the key to my redemption and my, my, my reclaiming of my life. Right from from being just completely unhealthy in in all all ways, you know, this was the way that I could get back to health and I could live a life that was happy and and fulfilling. Right, and that's not even the part that I'm trying to tell you here about my inner nature. Right, so once I realized all of this about mindfulness, that's when I made the decision that. I have to figure out how to, 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 to bring this to others, to teach others how to do this. Okay. That was my mission. And Eileen, who was the, um, Eileen O'Hare, if you, if you're looking for an amazing spiritual healer, Eileen O'Hare is somebody you want to look up. And she was the friend, you know, at this point she had become a very close friend of mine and I, and we had been, you know, seeing each other outside of the professional realm. Right. And I was sitting down with co for coffee with her one day in a local coffee shop in this little town where we both lived. And I, and I said, you know, I was like, I was like, do you think I could do what you're doing? 
you know, like, like some like variation of like, do you think I could do this? You know? And she looked at me and she was like, yes. In, in, if you give yourself two years to, to really dedicate yourself to becoming a teacher of this, yes, you can do this. Right? So that's exactly what I did. I dedicated my life to it. Right? I actually had, had just sold a business and, and I was looking for what I was going to do. That's, that's part of why the conversation was happening. I was looking for that next step in my life. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, current, uh, you know, forerunner and, and leader of the pack was, was the idea that I was going to open another food business, right? But because that's what I had done after I got out of advertising, I opened a food business and I was thinking about opening another food business, but I realized that, you know what, the world doesn't need another burrito food truck, you know, which was what I was planning to do, right? The world needs more people to, to help, you know, people who are like I was and, and, and you know, and, and, and people who could, you know, who are suffering through this and people who are killing themselves with this stress that was going on. And that's not even the part that I want to tell you about, okay? So, so I dedicated myself to this and I, and I learned mindfulness. I practiced mindfulness. I went through the ups and downs. At one point, I, I six months in, I had a tremendous relapse and, and my wife, you know, yelled at me because I was, I was being the same old, you know, nasty, angry guy that I had been. I slipped off the, you know, kind of fell off the wagon. I got back on. I, I practiced, 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 practiced. And I got myself to a place where I was like, okay, now this is sustainable. This is resilient. This is, this is something that I will not be able to, you know, no, nothing can push me off of this now, right? And, and after I got to that point, I, I was ready and I said, okay, now I need to become certified to be able to teach this to other people. And now we're getting to the part that I want to tell you about my inner nature. So at that point, right, when I started taking this course to, to, to become certified, which I now am certified, I spent about nine months in this process of, of, of becoming certified, right? And as I did that, right, I was thinking to myself that, okay, if I'm going to be this teacher of mindfulness, then what I need to do is I need to become like a, a mindfulness person. Like I need to become, I'm not that person right now. My, I, I have too high energy. I got to become like more like quote unquote zenned out. Like I got to learn how to relax. I got to learn how to be more mellow. I got to be like a, like a Buddhist monk, you know, was my feeling, right? Because I figured that that was the kind of person that, that people would follow in mindfulness. That was the kind of person who people wanted to see teaching them about mindfulness, right? And, and that's what, you know, and, and, and again, I was just now trying to pretend to be someone else now, right? I had spent the first, you know, 40 years of my life, you know, pretending to be, um, to be one thing. And now I was embarking on pretending to be another thing. And, and thank the, the universe, thank goodness that, that the person who was certifying me, right? A, a brilliant man, a former Buddhist monk named Sean Fargo, um, he told me something and I hadn't even told him that I was, I was trying to like become this mellow, you know, sedate, you know, kind of, um, you know, sort of exude this, this Zen like, you know, calm to people. I didn't even mention anything about that to him, but he said something during one of our meetings, he said, art, the world needs more mindfulness teachers like you people with your energy, your enthusiasm, your excitement about this. And that's when I realized, I mean, that is the epiphany, right, right, that I'm telling you about, that that is when the light bulbs went off and I realized that, that all I ever needed to be was me, 
All I ever needed to do was align myself with my inner nature. And then from that point, once I align myself with my inner nature, there's no stopping me. There's nothing to stand in my way, right? There's no, there's no sort of resistance to whatever I want to achieve, right? Because there's nothing to conflict with it, right? I am who I am. And, and now, you know, and, and, and thankfully, you know, it works on a professional level because most of the people that I'm working with now are not people who are exposed to Buddhism. They're not people who have ever meditated before. So if anything, they appreciate that I have this more high energy, this sort of, you know, fast way of talking, this, this very excitable uh, personality. This is an asset for me with my current clientele. It's not a drawback that I thought it would be. And so I wanted to share that story with you all so that you understand that, that this is true for you too, okay? And, and I mean, I don't know most of you. I'm, I might not know any of you at this point. Um, but, but I know that, that most people in the world, okay, on some level, we're pretending to be something we think we're supposed to be, okay? We're wearing masks for the rest of the world. And folks, I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here, talking into my microphone to you right now, okay, the number one thing you can do for your health, for your happiness, and for your success in whatever endeavor you want to take on in your life, the number one thing you can do is to stop pretending and just be who you are. Now, again, it's not that easy, right? It's not something where you can just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm just going to not pretend anymore. Like, what was I pretending, by the way? You know, it doesn't work that way, right? What, what, the way it happens is through the work that we're talking about here, right? By, by spending day after day after day, you know, really practicing paying attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally, okay? When we can get into the habit of non-judging and really intentionally paying attention to what is happening as it's happening, right? What happens then is that there's nothing left to pretend, right? Like, like we understand now that this is all there is. All there is is this present moment, and, and that's all that matters. And so therefore, there's nothing to pretend for, right? You, you, you don't worry about what other people are, are thinking about you. You don't worry about what you need to project to someone else. You, you literally are just now becoming who you are. And this, as I'm going to explain tomorrow, uh, Thursday and Friday, this leads to empathy, because once you know because once you you have nothing else to worry about of of like what people are thinking about you and and how you're portraying yourself to the rest of the world once you you no longer are concerned about that now you can concern yourself with others you can concern yourself with understanding others and understanding where people are coming from and and understanding what is going on with them and and what motivates them to do the things they do do to you or, or to others. And therefore, you, you, you understand their motivation and now you actually have compassion for them, right? And that's Thursday's uh, episode. And then Friday is the king of all of them or the queen of all of them, right? Is the fact that through this empathy and the compassion that arises from that empathy, you know, again, because you no longer have this sort of, um, you know, th- this, this big old bog of, of, of concern about what people think of you, what you're supposed to act like, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, all that stuff that doesn't mean anything, right? Once you shed all that, then what really remains 
is absolute forgiveness. Okay, like somebody could come up to me right now and do whatever. I mean, there used to be times where, where when people hurt me, you know, and like I told you, I was at one point, I was stabbed and beaten and, and almost killed, right? And, and I carried such a level of unforgiveness for so long, right? And, and not only does that hurt me physically to, to have that unforgiveness, but think of what it does to my mind, right? And, and, and now, you know, I totally forgive those people because I know that, that they just did something that they thought was going to help them, right? And again, I'm going to get into this more in detail. I don't want to get too far into it today. But, but all these qualities, the empathy, the compassion, and the forgiveness, which is so important, right, which frees us from, from the, the, the grudges that we might hold from, for people and, and frees us from the, the bounds that those, those grudges can hold on us, right? That comes from the non-judging, which allows us to align with our inner nature. So folks, this was a big episode for me. I hope you really enjoyed this. And I'm telling you, there is nothing more important than this. And I mean, I just, that, that's my true belief. And so if you have any questions about this, or if you would like to, uh, to discuss this further, you know, maybe something I said today resonates with you, but you're just not sure how, then I would invite you to, to, to book a call with me, okay? Or at least send me an email. Let's communicate, okay? I love to hear from my listeners, and I love to communicate with, with people. And, uh, and as you can probably tell, I love to talk about this stuff, and I will be happy to talk about it at whatever length I need to to make you understand it, okay? So if you'd like to email me, it's very simple, art at artburnscoaching.com. And if you'd like to book a call with me, you can go to artburnscoaching.com. Right there on the front page, there's a free phone consultation button. Hit it. Follow the instructions, pick a day, pick a time, enter your, your name, your email, your phone number, whatever it asks for. It's very simple. Just put it in there. We'll be booked. We'll talk. And, and I can answer whatever questions you have about this. And, and maybe I can inspire you in a way that will change your life the way that all this work changed mine. All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, by the way, uh, I, I, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Never mind. <laughs> thank you for listening. And uh, I'll be back again tomorrow to talk about how, uh, how important empathy is. Okay. Now, of course, tomorrow is Practice Wednesday. So I'm going to give you a meditation to, de- to help develop uh, empathy. But, but we'll talk a little bit about that before the meditation. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. I wish you well. And I'll be back again tomorrow. Have a great day. Great night. Talk to you soon.